believe in the fight game. Hello everyone, this is Charles Yao with Believe in the Fight Game on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team and every sport in L.A. and more. We believe in sports. Do you believe? Okay. Look at at you, Coach Donna. One verbal command and boom. (laughs) Dogs are chill. It's threat. It's all threats. They know they don't get any treats. Are, Are you like a tough dog mom? No, I'm a fucking sucker. I really? <laughs> yes. Dude, whatever I, they want, they get. I, I'm I'm shocked you even brought that energy. Because normally, <laughs> I, if you remember being out here in LA, the the, the dogs like are yeah. are, are your, your children. They're they're you know. They're, oh, they're totally my babies. That's what I get, that's what I'm saying. Like they, I'm a sucker. So, you know, I'll be like, no, don't do that, and then they'll give you the big puppy dog eyes, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Oh, okay. That's cool though, man. <laughs> I always wanted to ask, are you mixed? Mm-hmm. White and Latin? Mexican. Yeah, exactly. I'm Mexican and white. Even though recently, um, the older I get, the more my eyes get hooded. Uh-huh. Like, and I get Asian a lot. People, I, like for really? the last couple of years, the last couple of years, everybody thinks I'm Asian. It just happened the other day. But my favorite story is I, um, up in LA, I teach self-defense at this Jewish summer camp. Sounds much better, by the way. Okay, awesome. Um, at this Jewish summer camp. And uh, this kid, this adorable little Chinese kid is always at this camp. And they're like, we don't really know if he's Jewish, but he shows up every year and we love him. So we just <laughs> let him stay. So he walks up to me this last summer. And I, you know, I was standing outside. I was wearing a rash guard waiting for them to, you know, I'm part of their electives. So... I was standing outside waiting for the electives to change and the kids were having a break and a snack and he comes and he walks up to me and he looks me up and down. He looks me in my face. He was like, are you a Chinese? And I was like, no, (laughs) are you a Chinese? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he just walked away. (laughs) But, but you know, like, um, this interview is definitely about you, but just to, to say a little bit, like I've had zero luck with Asian women, though I love, I'm half Filipino, half Chinese, mm-hmm. but all the girls I've dated have been either mixed, whether if it's Latin white, like from Texas for some reason, sure. or mixed blacks or mixed Asians. And then the, the only purebreds I've dated are like Latins. So That's I so can, funny. So I can detect if, if someone's Latin or mixed Latin. You got the, I, the Latin dar. Yeah, kind of. You like know? your version of Gaydar? Right, Latin. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you ever have to encounter like identity well, crisis when you were younger? No. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up just east of LA in a small town called Monrovia. Okay. And everybody there, I didn't know it was odd to that the people dated, like everybody in my school just mixed up with whoever. Like it was like, whoever's the cool guy, that's who everybody wanted to date. There were these, I think that like the four most popular boys happened to be like the gamut of, of, you know, races. Like one of them was Latin and one of them was Filipino and one of them was black and one of them was white. And (laughs) those were just the cool guys to date. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, you're dating a black guy. You were like, oh my God, you're dating him. You know what I mean? So, um, I grew up where everybody dated everybody. Everybody was mixed. Everybody I grew up with was mixed with something. And then we moved to Arizona when I was like 16 or 17. And still out there, everybody kind of mixed it up, came back and made friends with a whole bunch of actors from East LA, like in this like studio or theater group. And they were like, so weirded out at how I was like, yeah, I've dated like Asian guys and black guys and white guys and whatever. And then one of the girls goes, wait, where are you from? And I told her, she was like, yeah, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the studio where I interviewed Eddie. Yeah. Is at KGEM in Monrovia. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's why I like when you brought up Monrovia. Right now, it feels really conservative. I, I don't mind the Monrovia next Monrovia feels conservative? Yeah. Well, at least really? that part where I was at. I didn't see where any hood. exactly is it? I guess uh, you get off on Mountain. Off the 210? North, north of the 210? Uh, you're, you are eastbound on the 210 coming from okay. Glendale. Yep, and then you go north? Uh, exactly. They're really so close to the mountain So here's the thing park. about that. 
Monrovia looks like small town USA and it definitely looks conservative. And I'm sure there's conservative people there. There's conservative people everywhere. Sure. But um, yeah, it's, I, I would say it's so diverse and so mixed up that I can't, I mean, this was also 25 plus years ago. <laughs> so, uh, but like, it, it just wasn't a big deal. Like everybody, you know, when you were like, oh yeah, I date Latin girls. Well, yeah, of course you did. Cause that's, you know what I mean? Like everybody dated whoever, like there was never any issues about any of that. And then school. you end up marrying a Gonzalez. I ended up marrying a Gonzalez. So I'm Gonzalez Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in that case, like, I really want to paint the Angelino plight, even though you're mm-hmm. now a San Diegan. Congratulations. I will forever be an Angelino at heart. I'm, I just have to have to live in San Diego right now. Right. Totally. <laughs> um, because a lot of people, you know, there's, I've shown you that project behind the scenes that I'm yeah. working with the network. You know, it's really the story of, of people who train in jujitsu, right? So, right. you know, for you, I, we share a lot of common things after doing a shit ton of research. I used to do VO in Asia, in the really? Philippines and Singapore. Um, I wanted to cover that. I wanted to cover also a lot of the plight of you um, in the process of yeah. being an actor. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> right? That this shit ton of stories. Because I, I know you are, I only like to interview people who are multi-layered. You know, so I, uh, I mean that as I'm a I'm definitely an you. onion. Yeah, you, yeah well, with, with a lot of pineapple, with a lot of cheetos you know <laughs> you, you have like this spectrum of of uh experience which is cool well thank and, you yeah for sure like are you still doing the vo stuff i am you know it's that's a super competitive field and now that because of the coronavirus everything is done from home so i'm having to not redo because i just moved in here but i'm having to do my whole studio now because they want a, like certain types of connections and lines. So I'm having to have a, a line, a, a dedicated line put in and make sure like that I have ISDN all the right line? equipment. Uh, Source Connect. Oh, okay. Uh, just that's the industry standard right now. Um, and I do have to be aware of, you know, I have four dogs. But what's really interesting is right before you and I jumped on, long story short, we're not recording right now, are we? Oh, uh, we've been recording since okay, the dogs good. Okay, so I won't, I won't put too much out there. But um, so I've realized recently how much I miss podcasting. Okay. And uh, I, through, you know, online searches and a whole bunch of stuff, I found a company that's looking for a podcast host to, to uh, talk to people over a gamut of subjects, not just one thing, which is what I did before with math therapy. I only talked about jujitsu and MMA and all that kind of stuff. But this, um, this possible opportunity is like interviewing people from the spectrum all over the world, like you name it. And that I'm like super excited about. So I'm also like, Hey, can I set up my studio in a podcasting studio so that I'll be able to record with people? Like I have, you know, figure out what to do with this wall behind me. I haven't done anything with it yet. Or if I should at all, um, for sound. Nice. Yeah. So I just bought Duvetine. So I'm definitely wanting to get back. I'm a little bit more in control of my time out here. Not a hundred percent, but, uh, I am a little bit more in control of my time because I'm not in LA traffic so much. So I definitely want to get back into the podcasting world like I was with Matt therapy. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing with people who like to talk, VO mm-hmm. and podcast hosts. There's an awesome plight what's happening due to this fucking pandemic. Right. Um, like, uh, I won't mention his name, but I talked to a guy who hosts a show on NPR. Mm-hmm. Like, he puts in his Which own Which one? Book. I listen to so many of them. No, you have to tell me now. Uh, how I built this. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they, he, he sends microphones to... Oh, All interesting. Is, so that way the audio is dope and clear. Yeah. You know, because okay. that's critical for you and I. We hear it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? That's why I was like, you know what? Fuck. Donna's a baddie. She already knows the technical stuff. She already, I, I know she's been through the gamut because if I, no disrespect, if I interview an eight to fiver. Sure. Th- the story's different. You know, yeah, there's, no, there's no this. There's no hustle. 
Yeah. Just know that, you know, and you know, it, it's a good time and I will forever be like a supporter if ever you need, I don't know what I can do and help you with, but I might have tons of questions for, I mean, who knows if this thing pans out, I'll probably have tons of questions because I'm only used to podcasting myself, not other people. Like right. it never occurred to me that I might need to send mics to somebody or something like that. Sure. Or even like I was with, um, a British broadcasting mm-hmm. and then I'm satellite trained. So what I did was I combined both. So there's a methodology behind, even if you don't, if it's not for you, it's good to know what other methods of interviewing. Yeah, for sure. And, and radio is different from podcasting. And then after doing that net TV network stuff, I had to relearn the TV method, which is timeline, 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 yeah. timeline, timeline. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm really you, so excited. Are your, right now you're doing podcasting or you're doing satellite radio? I'm doing three. Uh, two are online and then okay. one is podcasting. This will for sure be played on Believe Fight Network. And I'm trying to find which host wants to play this on satellite. Nice. You know? But I, I was I, just I, reading about Believe. Yeah, I can, I, I can, we'll talk later. Okay. We'll talk later because um, I want to make sure I hook up folks, even though if, if we're only acquainted, but I've interviewed other people like, you know, this whole acting thing where they just can't handle discipline and truth. <laughs> so, so I interviewed someone in the jujitsu world. Sure. And, and I could tell they belong to that stand-up comedy world where they're just angry and you know they're not going to make it because... Oh my gosh, I, I can name like three people who I think you might have talked to in the jujitsu world that, I, that fit I, that. I, I... Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so with this, I always got the vibe from you when I was going to train with Scott Rush. You're like, hey, I'll work with you. So those small gestural things are big to me, you know? Oh, thank you. So uh, back to the interview. <laughs> yeah, back to the interview. Right. Like, you know, uh, about acting, what was an example of like, from what I've seen from your view, you, you also did independent route also. Sure. Well, that was with on-screen acting, I can definitely say that I was just never able to get any traction. I tried to go the traditional routes. I was in an acting class for about 10 years. We, and I, you know, I went to all the casting director workshops and I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get any traction. And I don't know what it was, if it was me, if it was just timing or, you know, the world of acting is just so competitive that I don't, I don't really have an answer. So then I kind of gave up on in a little while for a little while. Did you get any SAG cards? Oh yeah. I'm a member of SAG. Okay. And, um, but like, I never booked any big jobs. Like you might see what, where you'll see me is in the background of like a couple movies or very like small, tiny roles in like, like I was in Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. Um, no. Yeah. So it's stuff like that. Nothing that ever was a substantial role, but stuff that made me qualify for the union. So I'm definitely a part of the union. And then I found jujitsu and it was this amazing thing that was an outlet and it's creative and that it's, it's a drug that I've never experienced before. You know, there's nothing like it. Lifting weights doesn't give you the same type of adrenaline rush. Um, I did Muay Thai and boxing, a lot of fun, still not for me, not the same type of adrenaline rush. So when I discovered jujitsu, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, and I was super into it. So for a couple of years, I was able to focus on just training. And then that's when voiceover came along. I went and took a voiceover class and it just kind of happenstance. One of the guys that I met in class, I became friends with and he was like, Oh, Hey, my agent is doing, um, it's called a workout where you go in and you, you do a couple, like they give you a script, you go prepare it, you come back in, you record it in the booth and then you get feedback. It's, it's just a way to get seen by an agent and, you know, like practice a workout. So I went and did it and I did, I kept going back every week because I was having a lot of fun. And I think probably like maybe it was pretty quick, like maybe the second or third time the agent was like, I got an audition for you tomorrow. Came in, did the audition for her, booked the job, and then just kind of went from there. I just started booking, 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 booking voiceover. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm finally an actor. I love this. And that was awesome. And then it just, it came to a screeching halt just almost as quickly as 
it started. Like I booked for a long time and I booked steady and I was the voice of a brand for a long time. And then a couple years ago, just it dried up for me. And that's when I started to think, okay, now I have to do like not something else. I'm still throwing in auditions and um, I'm still with the same agent. We're at a different agency and I still, you know, do all my auditions and everything. It's just, it's, it's man, so competitive. And I can't tell you what I did differently because I went and got coaching and the coaches were like, no, I, you know, you're, you're doing everything I would tell you to do. You sound great. I don't know. Your equipment sounds fine. Um, so then I started focusing on my women's self-defense and coaching and that kind of stuff. So that's, I'm, I'm like in the middle of this whole, I feel, I feel so old to be saying this. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do <laughs> with myself. No. Yeah, I, I don't think there's room to feel bad. Not that I'm saying you sound like you feel bad, but yeah. you know, it, figuring something out is for creative souls. Yes. Yeah. I've tried to go the traditional route and I lasted just weeks and I'm like, Nope, not for me. Sorry. Can't do it. So yeah. Right. And, and, um, I was just talking to Estevan Oriol, the photographer. Mm -hmm. He, and he's like pandemic. I'm a freelancer all my life. I'm used right. to this shit. It's all the same, right? Right, but but at least you have, you know, a support system, a mental support system, and your husband. Yeah, you found jujitsu, and then you know it's just figuring it out, you know, and just really what I'm learning, Donna, is it it really is having that network and making sure they're cool folks. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. The a support system is huge, especially right now when uh, we can't train. Right. And, and it's, it's one of those things, because you know this because of the entertainment plight that you had. Sometimes you're friends and you connect to people because there might be an advantage in your future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, did that ever You never know when something's going to present itself. For sure. Right. And that, I'm sure that compiles into the entertainment route at that time, you know? Yeah. Um, I keep having to tell myself that even though I'm in San Diego, I'm like, it's not gone. Like the entertainment world is different. It's one of those things that it, even though it's centered in Hollywood, it expands to everywhere. So in my mo moments of, oh my God, am I giving up my, my dream? And what am I doing? And blah, that I have to remind myself, like, first of all, you do voiceover. So you can be anywhere when you do that. And secondly, it's the, it, Hollywood is a location, but it's not at the same time. Yeah, and, and your network and friends are like pistons to your engine. You know, you got to right. be around people that, even though it's not tangible, but you see it and you know they're just fucking supportive because they've struggled also. Yeah. You know, so that, that's important. And, you know, the news with Joe Rogan. Almost right, 100 he's million. leaving YouTube? He's only going to be posting uh, JRE clips. But all the, um, the full videos yeah. is now on Spotify and it's uh, a little bit above 100 million. So what? Everybody's leaving for Spotify. Last podcast on the left. Last podcast on the left. Left for them sometime in the last six months, I feel like. Yeah. Do you listen that, to them? Uh, I've heard them, but I have like so many podcasts on the docket. Me too. I, it, sometimes I go through my episodes and I'm like, I got to delete half of these. Yeah. I mean, I go through so <laughs> much, man. I had to um, unsubscribe from Joe. He puts out so much content that I just, I go and I listen to what I want to listen to because it was like filling up my, my iPad was like, can't handle it. Stop it. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm a, I'm a hoop head. I'm a beat head. Uh -huh. So I listen to like mixes on SoundCloud. I listen to basketball pods. So it, it's, Oh, wow. Stop. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to I ask like you what's that. I like true crime. True crime's dope. Yes. But, but that's a, that's a, you better check your chakra. Did I have my chip <laughs> I <know. press> usury <laughs> to consume this whole goddamn episode with true crime? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how fucking LA was that? Goddamn. <laughs> I, I'm so LA. Don't worry about it. Somebody said to me the other day, I can't remember what they asked me, but I was like, I was like, oh, I'm a little hippie. No, I'm kind of more witchy. I think I'm like a little pagan-ish, witchy, uh, hippie-ish. And they were like, you're just from LA, you asshole. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Hey, did you ever promote at clubs before? Yes. 
How at the Century Club? Yes. How did you know that? God damn it. It's, I'm, ha- <laughs> I think I've seen you at the club before. <laughs> I'm 44. Yes, I'm 43. So back in Century Club heyday, right? Yeah, so I'm talking motherfuckers. 2000. Wearing, yeah. Motherfuckers grabbing women's elbows and go, hey, let me holla at you. Let me yes. holla at you. That period. Sir, yeah, circa 99, 2000-ish. Um, I was one of the promoters of the Century Club and duets and um, Vesuvius, like all of those hot clubs back then. I was part of a promotion team. Yeah, so you got to give me props for research and remembering. I am so impressed because that was <laughs> 20, 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago in right. LA. And this is how similar our pride was. I used to throw events at the conga room when it was on Wilshire and the yes! I loved the conga like, room. Like the Roots, yes. KRS-One. Oh, yeah. That's why when I, when, I, when I was doing research with you, I'm telling you, like, dude, people need to hear her story. <laughs> yeah, so back in, like I said, around uh, 90, from 98 to 2000, I was part of a promotion crew. Um, I was part of a couple of them. And, oh, man, everything that was hot back in Hollywood back then. And it was like when Jay-Z was coming up and um, he, like, I remember him performing at the Century Club once. And it was right around the time of H to the Izzo, that, that one. Right, right, right. And it was, just, it was so badass to see him perform. And it was like the venue so small, we were on top of each other. And it was right around the time when he did the mashup of Lincoln Park with Lincoln Park. And I was so in that circle that somehow I missed them, like that performance. And I was so pissed at everybody that I'm like, how did, how did everybody let me miss that? Because that's, I was out seven nights a week, seven nights a week. I remember joking with my friends. We were standing outside of what was the one on sunset on, on La Cienega across the street from Vesuvius. It was on La Cienega. Yeah, yeah, that's that's deep. Yeah, like Melrose and La Cienega. Anyway, we're standing outside of it, and one of my friends was like, "She saw we saw a group of girls, and she was like, ah, club girls.'" And I was like, "Wait, dude, the only reason you know those are club girls is because we see them out every single night of the week." <laughs> and, and that's like the crazy vibe of being like a promoter, dude. Yeah, Zizix, Zizix. That was the name of a club, I think. I don't remember. Sunset and La Cienega. Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're, Melrose you're, and La Cienega. Oh, Melrose and La yeah. Cienega. This okay. was back before Uber. This was back before everybody had their like iPhones. Man, promoting t- must be so easy right now. Because back then we had to like literally hand out flyers to people and then create physical written guest lists. And then you would get judged on your guest list. I remember... Somehow I got a phone call from a group of girls and I put them on the list of the century club. And then one of the other promoters came up to me. Like, I guess there was a a person at the door who like passed judgment on people and they came up to me and they were like, uh, you don't get credit for these girls because they were not good looking enough. Oh, like straight up. They were like, don't ever invite them again. And I was like, okay, well give me the list so I can mark them off. (laughs) And this is a list for people who don't know. The guest list. The guest this list is, to get this in. is a guest list to yeah. where that was hypocritical because that told oh, yeah. you the guest list was it. Yeah. There, and there was a guest list to get in the door, but there was also a guest list to get into VIP, which Correct. were two different things. VIP at the Century Club was upstairs. There was the club downstairs for, you know, the, the plebes. And then the cool people were upstairs. That's where all the rappers went. Right. The conga room had like a cigar room. Yes. Yes. That, was, that was like the L.A. Forum Playboy Club room for the yeah. basketball folks. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. So, uh, that, oh, my gosh. I miss those days. That was so much fun. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, I'm listening to new music because I'm still, you know, connected yeah. to the youth and radio. Um, it is a different ear. I, I used to be grumpy and be like, well, you know, you guys don't know shit. <laughs> what do you, you guys don't know Diggable Planets, Tribe Called Quest, right. Neptunes. Oh, so good. When back when rap was good. Right. But, but you know, it's just, I, I've grown to learn that, uh, you know what, man, it's just a different era. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so it's now time for a quick break. While you're waiting this out at home with us at Believe, you can still have some fun with betting. Do it at betonline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to do, but we got you. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. It's not only that. Sports aren't only done. There's so much more, right? There's EA Sports, which has been up and coming. Don't sleep on EA Sports. American Idol. Another contest type show like Big Brother. There's also the elections. And there's 750,000 poker series. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. We'll hook you up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. What end up ended up bringing you to San Diego? I was offered a position with the 10th Planet Freaks. So it, mm. well, there was a plan. They were going to open up another location and they asked me to come down and help run it um, right, bef- right before the pandemic. The deal fell through and I was already in the process of moving. So they were like, well, just come down and work with us anyway. So then um, I came down and they were like, we'll put you over at 10th Planet Spring Valley where PJ Barch is the head coach and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I am now. My first week was literally the week we had to shut down. So it's still a brand new experience for me. I think we're still trying to find a place for me and, and you know what that's going to look like. I would like to do their events and obviously coach for them and things like that. So um, it's, it's a little bit of a evolving process because why I, I originally came down here, it has changed. And because of the pandemic, everything in the world has changed. And I've also had to come to you know, it was great because I've, I've had a lot of time to think like, what do I want to do with myself and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And that's when I was like, you know, I really miss podcasting and I really miss being creative and doing that kind of stuff. So as much as I love jujitsu and that will never go away and I'll always do jujitsu and I'll always be a part of 10th planet and the team and all that kind of stuff. And now the freaks and, and I really love being a part of their team. I'm, I'm taking this opportunity to figure out like, where else can I layer things in my life that are going to make me happy? Right. And what, was Pasadena, were you a part owner of that? Or? No, I was just a coach for them. Our women's okay. self-defense company or our women's self-defense program was kind of housed there. Lila, my partner at, at 10 PWSD is um, married to one of the head coaches. So those two, the um, Eric Ramey and Eric Cruz. Yeah, they own 10th Planet Pasadena. Lila's married to Eric Cruz. Lila and I were partners and they were like, yeah, of course, host your you know women's self-defense classes. And I taught fundamentals for them. I was just a part of the team from the very beginning. A lot of people thought I was an owner, which um, would have been awesome, but no. Sure. And, yeah. and I ask this more on the societal sense because, you know, you've been interviewed to death about jujitsu. Yeah. You know, so... Like, is, do you find a personality change and difference in students and how people run their lives in San Diego? Is it really slower where you feel the day? Um, I, well, the freaks have created a, definitely a different culture down here that is different from HQ and Pasadena, which were the only two schools. I've been a part of HQ since 2007. So that's, that's really my, um, where all of my, my reference comes from. I've been with Eddie for 12 years and then Pasadena opened up and they ran very similar. Um, the freaks have their own culture down here. And like I said, I'm just getting to know it. I showed up the week we shut down. So I haven't even had a chance to be a part of their classes and their training and their culture. And other than I can tell you that I like everybody and they're all awesome. That's, you know, we've been shut down. So I've helped remodel the gym and answer the phones and call people and, you know, do t-shirt orders and stuff like that. But I haven't had a chance to really experience the full gamut of what it's like to be a part of their team. Okay, but but you were already close with the brothers or you just knew them because of um, the community? Yeah, I mean, I know that I, I, I've known them since they got into 10th Planet. I don't know. Uh, I'm friendly and friends with them. And like, you know, when I called them and we talked and everything, they were like, absolutely, your family come down here. So it was uh, 10th Planet is a family. And I know I know everybody in 10th Planet. So it was just this opportunity. I was offered to me by the Bill Cooper who owns 
the freak schools. Like he owns San Diego combat Academy that houses the freak schools. Okay. So that's who offered me the job. And you know, it was, it, it was an opportunity to grow and, and try something new. And it was a little scary and you know, why not? How'd your husband take it? He's, he loves it down here. He loves it down here way more than Los Angeles. So he's, he's happy. Oh, so he wasn't on the entertainment tip or? Not at all. No, he's a personal trainer. And, this, oh, you know, perfect. so this was, they were like, just come on down. You know, this is the perfect industry for you. And um, he's made some great connections down here and he's having fun. And like I said, the, like we got here, the, we moved during the pandemic. So we haven't, we haven't really experienced anything. Everybody's like, oh, how do you like San Diego? And I'm like, well, our house and the gym and the one grocery store that we've been to are fine. So that's really all I know so far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at least in that case, um, I've noticed if, if you think LA is health-based, I feel like just by driving and going to San Diego, it it seems like San Diego would be a great fit for your husband. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's beautiful down here. People seem to like to work out, you know, from as I'm slowly getting to know the members who are kind of trickling in and, and coming in to visit the gym. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good fit and we'll find out. <laughs> right. Now, in, in, in the essence of what keeps you sane as far as for just being at home, because for me, mm-hmm. it's podcasting that's brought yeah. this metabolism at home. Sure. So is it just like uh, copious planning? Do you oh, overthink gosh. at night? I way overthink. I'm, I've Same probably... Here. You know, I don't have jujitsu right now. So that's my outlet for everything. As long as I can do jujitsu, like I can usually deal with everything. So I probably had more panic attacks, you know, moving from Los Angeles, changing my entire life, not having jujitsu to have this outlet. And um, hmm, what have I been doing? I've been lifting a lot of weights, uh, which is fine. It's not jujitsu. It's fine. You know, I jump rope a lot, uh, walk my dogs. And drink wine. <laughs> hey Amen. No wine, no sanity. Yeah. We've been, you know, we've been watching a lot. I'm, following, I'm watching all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Chronological, uh, chronological, I, I, chronological order. Um, 21 movies, right? I think so. There's a couple that I'm like, meh, I'm going to skip that one. Right. Um, uh, we finished The Mandalorian and we're just making our way through like all of our favorite movies. Yeah. And then, and, and at that point, um, I feel like you have to find the next rotative. Yeah. I know. We'll have to find something. Well, you know, I did, we watched the handmaid's tale, which did not help my stress levels. It's a dystopian future where it's, is based in America. It's based on a book and um, it's like a really, the, the women of the world have lost their, like the, uh, the fertility rates have gone down to almost nothing. So they've turned it into like this biblical slavery where any fertile woman who doesn't meet the standards of the church or it's called Gilead, um, become handmaids, meaning basically concubines and, uh, surrogates to the upper class society. And it's, it's just, it's not, it's not, not stressful to watch. <laughs> right. Cause that's <laughs> so social. right in the middle of the, yeah, right in the middle of the pandemic, we were like, Oh, let's try this show. And, and I couldn't stop watching. And I was so stressed out the whole time I was watching it. Did you ever get into like Tiger, Tiger King or oh, we whatever? Were, definitely. We watched the Tiger King. That was amazing. Oh, okay. Cause I, I haven't yeah. met it. And a lot of people have seen it. <gasps> what? I thought everybody, according to social media, everybody has seen it. Totally, which is why I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked I haven't even seen it myself. You haven't seen You have to watch it. No, it's I entertaining. Seen it. Because you're just like, whoa, these people can't be any more shitty. Yes, they can. Oh, my God. So can they. And they know even more shittier people, and they're all super shitty, and then they all keep these tigers in cages. And how the fuck do these people function? <laughs> right, because it, it seems like it's, it's filmed so beautifully mm-hmm. to capture the tragedy of people's personas. Yeah. 
it's and you have to you have to watch it. It's the there's the there's layers of commentary there and a lot to unpack. Okay, now I, I got to ask you for the network's sake.、Mm-hmm. All the martial arts stuff. All the martial art. What about it? Yeah. So, like, do you ever get any interest in the gi? Hmm. Are are you? I've never、no、put a gi, gi on. I'm、mm. no gi. I'm you know I'm definitely no gi. I'm 12 years in. This is my 12th year in jujitsu, and I've never put a gi on. Because, just lack of interest,、um, or a, a couple things. Lack of interest. I'm sure I'll do it at some point. Um, I you know <laughs> spent so much time training and teaching that it wasn't like if I wasn't training or teaching at a tenth planet, I probably it was because I was doing something else that I couldn't do jujitsu at that moment. Mm. So it, I'm not saying I won't. I'm not opposed to it. Like I'm. Not, I'm not like. Oh my god, I hate the gi.、Um, I don't really have a good answer for that, other than I just haven't. Like how? How is the view? Because S- Eddie's the master, right? But how's、sure. the view from Tenth Planet folks of Jean Jacques Machado? Oh my gosh, Jean Jacques is is. Eddie's master, so nothing but like, reverence. Oh yeah, nothing but reverence, reverence for him, and he's amazing. And a lot of our guys, a lot of our people do train in the gi. I'm probably one of the few people who's never put on a gi.、Uh, you're talking about d- downtown LA, right? I'm talking about just Tenth Planet people、oh, in general. But、people. yeah, if we're talking about like the core headquarters people, yeah, I'm definitely one of the few people that's never put on a gi. Right, a because I- I'm shocked there isn't more crossover. Uh, I think there's a lot of cross training. I think most of our schools only offer. I think some of them do offer like gi classes, but it's just part of our curriculum. Like we're a no gi school. Our system is entirely no gi. So I don't think anybody. I've never heard anybody be blatantly outright anti gi. It's just that this is what we focus on, and this is we're jujitsu for MMA, and this is where we're focused, and it's just what it is. But I, I mean, most people I know. Cross train, because I'm curious. Maybe in the future, because we're riding this, I don't know, second, third wave post ADCC、yeah. Eddie Bravo tapping、yeah. Euler.、Uh, I'm curious if age and injury is going to factor to the no gi people to matriculate、sure. to the gi later、um, in life. You know, I can see that happening. Except, don't your fingers get all fucked up in the gi? Absolutely. Well. Everybody gets fucked up in no gi. True, I know. But if we're talking like injury, like I can't imagine being like, "Well, I'm so jacked up. Let me go jack up my hands now." I think I would just be like, "Well, I'll just you know love jujitsu from a distance, <laughs> do something else." <laughs> I'm a little bit older though, so you know what I mean. I think that if I were ten years younger or you know in my mid twenties, that I would have a different outlook on it. But I'm actually looking like I'm planning on. The end of my jujitsu career at some point. I'm 43. Sure. And、uh, at some point, I'm just I'm not going to be able to tangle with 25 year old dudes. I get it. And 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 with me, a lot of people don't know. Maybe I can、uh, seek advice from you. I got dumped on my head with a new chamada throw. Yeah. So I herniated six discs in my neck.、Ah! All the doctors said, "Let's fuse it." Yeah. I yeah. refuse not to. So what happens with me? That's why I'm still a white belt. Is because、uh-huh. I'll train for a month, two times a week. Sure. And my neck needs a break for like two months. I can see that. I then, can totally I, see that. then I need to restart again. That's why I, I, I tra- only train limited with like purple belt and up who are like friendly.、Mm-hmm. You think that? For sure. Advice for me at that point is just to treat it as like this hobby. I would imagine that you would have to. Yeah, you'd have to. But I also think that there's probably how much. Rehab? Have you done on your own as far as like things for your neck, like yoga and、um, what's the thing when they、uh, co- neck traction? Yeah, traction and decompression and kind of stuff、Spinal、like that. Spinal decompression.、Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. How much of that are you doing on your own?、Uh, I have my own tens unit. I have a cervical、yeah. pump. I have I forget the system where your pulley gets on your neck and and yeah. Does、down. that help? A little bit. I don't know how much of it is placebo effect. Sure. Well, I imagine that if you did an equal amount of rehab to the amount of training that you're doing, you could、uh-huh. at least balance out the pain a little bit. Sure. What do you think? I don't know. That's yep, what I would do. 
Yeah, and 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 you know because I got into jujitsu because of Muay Thai, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like I might be just one of those Billy Blanks people that hits the pads and spars at twenty percent. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. I think that that's the beautiful thing about jujitsu is it doesn't have to look the same for any two people, right? Mm-hmm. Some people do it for self defense. Some people do it. I've talked to several people during this whole pandemic that. They're like, I, ta- I do this instead of taking mood stabilizer. So their reasons for doing it are completely different than everybody else. I didn't realize how much it had an effect on like my serotonin levels and, and cortisol levels and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, cause I've been feeling just all over the place. Um, and some people are, you know, they're like, this is my career and I'm going to become a competitor. And some people want to be coach. I think it's different for everybody. And some people just do it because it's it, like, it's fun and they love it and they love the community and they know they're never going to be competitors and they know they're never going to be world champions, but that's not what it's about for them. I think so, that's why jujitsu is beautiful. So is there room for someone like our age group to start in no gi? I think now? so. Why not? Okay. Because why not? I, I'm so driven I, I, most of my people that I train with, they're all Chanjak Machado folks. Yeah. And it's gi based. They're all awesome, by the way. Well, awesome. You know, um, but they're all gi based. Sure. You know what I'm saying? They all, they all live in the San Fernando Valley. They all have kids. Yeah. They all grind from eight to five. So the mentality has driven me. And I feel like, you know, uh, getting to know people like you and everyone else, I feel like there's this other equation I need to feel. I think there's room for everybody in any realm they want to be in as long as they are. Actually, I put a little, um, just if you go back onto my Instagram page, there's, if you scroll down, I made a video because I was having this conversation with people. Like I would have, um, women, you know, close to my age, come in their class, come into class and, and try it for the first time. And they felt like, because they were brand new and maybe a little bit older, a little bit out of shape or older or older guys come in um, and feel like they were taking other people's training time away from them by being on the mats They're you know, like you'd go show and, and they're like, no, no, I don't want to take away from anybody. And, and my response then and will always be, you're allowed to take up space anywhere that you are being genuine and real. So even though you come into training, it might not be appropriate for you to pair up with somebody who's training for a UFC fight or ADCC or something like that, or, you know, a high level grappler who needs to go hard and have competitors go hard on them. But that doesn't mean you don't have a right to be on the mats and and take up space on the mats and that there's not something that they can learn from you. There's, that's the, the, the process of jujitsu is such a parallel to life that if you're not continually evolving and learning things from people at different levels and, and, recognizing that we all have the right to be on space. Nobody owns jujitsu. It belongs to everybody. So if you need it to be a certain way for you, then that's, you have that right to be like that. You, you shouldn't not jump into a class just because you feel like that you would be taking away something from other people who are on the mats. They can find a partner who's better suited for them. Of course they can, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. Because I belong to the school where it felt like, oh, you know what? You can train in no gi once you get your blue belt in the gi. Sure. They used to be the old school, mid school mentality. Yeah, everybody right? has, you know, some people don't teach white belts leg locks and leg locks. That's on, that's up to the coach. I mean, I have my own opinions on it, but who am I to um, impose my opinions on anybody else? Do I think it's silly that you make people wait until their blue belt to do no gi? Sure. But I also don't know anything about the gi. And I'm not the one that came up with that. And. <sighs> There could be so many different reasons. Maybe they're political. Maybe they don't make sense. Maybe they're stupid. Or maybe there's a really good reason that I'm not seeing and that I haven't thought about. And if I sat down and talked to that coach and they were like, well, this is why I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm such a like, like do you and do what's best for you and don't fuck with anybody else's journey that uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> if it works for you, you do it. And if it doesn't figure some shit out. Yeah, and, and I think that's amazing for like, uh, I used to watch a bunch of kids on EBI. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't name names, so that way it's stay politic free. Like some of the kids just dropped out because it's yep. like, you know what? I prefer this sport. 
Yeah. And I was talking to one of the parents. They just reached out via Facebook of all places. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And I was just like, dude, maybe they'll come back. Maybe yeah. they'll come back. Maybe they won't. But, you know, it's just... Um, Today, you're a bit of a quote machine, you know, because you're talking about how jujitsu doesn't own you, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's amazing for you to be open-faced about that, where it's like, hey, there is a post-life to Donna that I got to watch <laughs> yes. out for, you know? Hey, you know, and I didn't, I didn't even consider that part of my, that post-jujitsu until I really started to having to assess a lot of things that if you, I have to find something positive in the upheaval of everything that just happened in the last couple months. Sure. And that's part of it is that I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I do exist outside of jujitsu and I can there, I need to find layers of my life again. Yeah. And, and that's why I like to, like, if you notice a lot of my pods are, are based on their life also. Yeah, for sure. It has to be balance, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I think it adds more layers. For sure. To the bloom. So yeah. for, for me, I just, I, I just felt like I'm excited to you with your podcast journey and, and that, you. that feeling. So I'm is excited it, too. I, is I, it emerging I hope... like this? Where the other subjects are going like this? Is it becoming like? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, who, I think mat therapy was its own thing and it was really, successful in its own right. So I'm not trying to duplicate Matt therapy. Very Matt therapy was thank you. Um Matt therapy was me and Becky. So I'm not sure. I mean maybe if I do a version of Matt therapy on my own, um it'll be one thing, but it'll I'll never I'm never going to try and compete with what it was. Like we had a really special thing. We were in Joey D's studio. There were two of us. Um it was awesome. And but what if podcasting opens up uh, other things like there's a whole world of interesting subjects that I'd like to learn about. So I could do that too. Yeah. Talk about I, I know I'm taking a lot of your time. So no, this is great. Um, if you could, once we're, we're done, if you can give me five minutes after yeah, I hit absolutely. record so I can pass a bunch of stuff so you can have this buffet yeah, and then I'd you choose the food you it. want to take in. Yeah. You know? But, but as far as format therapy, the, how is the relationship with Becky? Was it tepid I was after just, that? No, we're good. I oh, was, was just clean? on Zoom with her. Yeah, I was on FaceTime with her yesterday. We're still oh. super good friends. Matt therapy ending had nothing to do with any kind of turmoil between me and Becky. Okay. Becky got hurt and she couldn't do jujitsu anymore. Yeah, she couldn't do jujitsu anymore. And so it just affected her. Uh, you know, she had to, to rehab her neck and do some stuff over there. And, and she got into a relationship and she started a new job. And uh -oh. so it wasn't, there, there, was, there was nothing negative that happened you know, life just kind of unfolds itself sometimes. And there was no, to me, in, in that time, there was no mat therapy without me and Becky. And so it just didn't, at the time, it was like, it, was, it wasn't like we're ending mat therapy. It was like, we're going to put it on hold for a little while. And then life just took over. Sure. And I think yeah. that's what people need to hear because the facade of social media burnout, it's always an impression. Sure. But the value of you talking with your ebb and flow in life and you being, it's so, I hate to say it like this, it's so fucking macho that like, man, I'm done <laughs> with that. I did that, I did that, I did that, I did this, I'm planning this. Yeah. That's, that's the beautiful part to um, the long form life of Donna Gonzalez. You oh, know? thank you. I think it's being an actor. You like, you just, you, you continually move on from projects. Like, it's like, oh, you know, either that worked, but now it's over or this one didn't work. And now I got to move on and find something else creative to do. It's, it's part of like rolling with the punches. Right. And it's awesome to see that someone holds everything as a slice to the whole pizza pie, you know, where sometimes people become voracious, which is natural. Like I get into jujitsu, that's 80% of my life work. Yeah. I'm a zombie. And then I'm going to do jujitsu, but yeah. there is room for truer personalities to say, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Jiu-jitsu is this much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not as cultish and more objective in the scope. For sure. I, I will say that it, for a long time, jiu-jitsu, probably for the last three or four years, jiu-jitsu was like the giant piece of my pie. And only 
only recently I'm like, hey, I got to, <laughs> maybe I got to add a salad in there and some other side dishes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe we can treat this as a, maybe we can do this once every few months or. I'd love that. That would be awesome. Who knows what we're going to talk about in three months from now. Sure. Because right now we're currently in a pandemic. So not, not to be cliffhanger for the listening audience, but that's, I, I hope you guys end up getting fulfilled like Donna because, you know, there is a rhythm and path to life and sometimes you just can't be succinct about one thing. It's the whole scope. Yeah. So um, any, anywhere else where they can get a hold of you? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all over social media. Donna Gonzalez, Donna with a W, Donna Gonzalez 10P on everything. I think on oh. Twitter, I'm just 10 because there was not enough characters, but um, Donna Gonzalez, either 10 or 10P. And Donna is spelled not D-O-N-N-A, it's D-A-W-N-A. That's right. Mm -hmm. Cool. And I also have a website where people can um, contact me for not, not just jujitsu and self-defense coaching, but I call it like empowerment coaching. I hate the word life coaching, Please but it, like, it's, it's about, um, I'm tr I want to help people figure out a way to live their best, most authentic self, which I, I guess is life coaching. Sure. Well, I'm actually working on something right now. I have a secret project. It's just in the, the works with, um, one is she's a jujitsu, another jujitsu lady. She's from 10th planet Burbank and she is a trauma healing coach. So she works with women who have been through traumatic experiences, like maybe sexual assault or um, just any, any kind of trauma healing. And she and I are joining forces to create a program for women to not only heal and move through any past experiences that they had, but then add in that layer of badass that jujitsu and self-defense brings you. So I, I do have some some, something on the horizon that I'm not quite ready to talk about sure, yet, but we're working not. on it. Yeah. And, and also on your website, as far as for women's empowerment, mm -hmm. um, that that's the, the old guard of, of your Donna Gonzalez's women's empowerment. That's more psychological. Or was that com in combination of self-defense? Yeah. I think that at least the way that I work with people is the physical, um, the physical and the mental are the same thing. You have to address both. I know okay. that for me personally, I have to. I can't just address my physical and not address my mental in the same thing. I can't address my mental if I'm not working out my physical body. For me, those are two, those are one and the same thing. Thanks for tuning in to the show and please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories aside from iTunes, such as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V-E.com. And Believe Podcasts on social media. Now, if you want to get at me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plug12. That's P-L-U-G-O-N-E-T-W-O. Hit me up and I'll read your questions or maybe even have you on the show. Believe in the fight game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.